Hello and welcome to yet another exciting Ala podcast episode. This time we present to you a whole season of wide-ranging discussions on the concept of modernity in Kerala. For more conversations on all things Kerala, follow our bilingual blog at alablog.in. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to Allah. Over the next episodes we'll be looking in detail at how various aspects that we understand as quote unquote Malayali culture emerged in modern history. In this episode we aim to tease out some of these questions that will guide this endeavor. What limits our current understanding of modernity and why is there a need to revisit the assumptions on which these um these understandings are based? Uh, we'll be discussing some of these questions with Professor T T Sri Kumar. He is professor and head of the department in communication at FLU. His works um, are known to all of us who work on in Kerala, um, and they span media, politics, modernity, and literature. And he's published widely, both in English and in Malayalam. Welcome, Professor Sri Kumar, and thank you for agreeing to speak to us today. Thank you. When we decided to have these series of conversations um, on the need to revisit Kerala history, it seemed fitting to begin with the work that you have done on 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 the ancient texts, sort of medieval and ancient texts in in Kerala that look at some of these questions. Could you just tell us a little bit about these texts and 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 why they are important? Yes, uh, in fact, uh, you know the larger context uh, against which I thought of, uh, you know, kind of reading these texts closely. has been the same kind of premises that you were talking about i mean you know like how to understand the complicated and the curious uh, you know uh, kind of history of kerala uh, 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 modernity i mean so normally there is actually a very conventional kind of binary that we apply tradition versus colonial modernity i mean because you know kind of kerala was under colonial subjugation for a long time and then modernity is mostly seen as uh, you know uh, 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 as a, as a as a consequence of or Uh, as a response to uh, you know a kind of colonial hegemony mm. which is in fact uh, you know a more or less uh, um, accurate picture of what really happened in kerala kerala history but at the same time you know uh, uh, history and historical transitions are much more complicated than what uh, such binaries can uh, you know uh, kind of contain uh, and particularly if we look at uh, the uh, history of india i mean at large you can see that there has been several uh, emancipatory movements that have come up at different points in history and that actually you know is uh, is, uh, is 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 much before uh, the advent of uh, uh, colonialism and in a, in a, in a society like india where you know the caste system had been quite prominent from you know uh, uh, quite long time uh, you know 3000 years or 5000 years i mean you can fancy uh, 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 you know back into history you know when you think about caste system but it has been a very rigid kind of a of a class uh, system i mean the class defined in an ambedkarian sense ambedkar had this insight that this has something to do with classes mm-hmm. you know something to do with classes and 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 that he was actually very very uh, 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 you know a kind of forthright in his explanation of this relationship between class and caste in indian society which is not a marxist interpretation it's an ambedkarite interpretation so he mm-hmm. you know like uh, that caste as you know enclosed classes uh, uh, not as a, a completely you know a, a kind of bound one but as a process of enclosing which actually the brahmins began and later forced others to uh, uh, emulate so right. that so looking I, I, at this from that perspective i I've always wondered i mean if you read for example rs sharma's uh, you know kind of on uh, uh, sudras 
you will never see actually a revolt of the sudras against the caste system caste system has in a self contained one there was a legitimacy uh, a manufactured legitimacy uh, 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 you know resting upon the consensus of the four varnas within it including the sudras who were the menial caste you know in a sense uh, succumb to this larger reasoning that the brahmins had provided and they did not actually revolt against the rationale of caste system or in a sense brahmins were able to manufacture this consensus and there has not been a major uh, 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 you know revolt in indian history uh, uh, from the sudra within the caste system uh, this caste system which is a very rigid kind of a social structure that we have seen uh, 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 has a very important uh, anomaly attached to it that there are people who are not part of the varna system mm. they are outside the varna system so there is actually a, a, a symbiosis of in a, in a in a negative sense i mean there is a symbiosis of people who are within the varna system and people who have been thrown out of the varna system the, they they call it panjamas tandala various kinds of names are there in various parts of india but at the same time you know they the outcast kind of a thing mm. so there is actually a a kind of conflict i mean so although the sutras are not in a particular sense revolting against the caste system i mean we know the the story of shambhuga i mean these are all representational things i mean it's not that mm. uh, they really represent any a kind of sudra resistance but at the same time it shows that there has been some discontent right you know and there has been you know various examples you can see of of this discontent in in puranas or wherever i mean yeah. but they are only limited uh, uh, you know kind of consequence for the kind of things that we discuss here but at the same time it's representation it is representation so when when we when we come to kerala also in kerala is one of the i mean or south india uh, uh, is one of the places which was uh, you know ironized at a later phase the 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 importance of uh, this delayed ironization of southern india has not been actually focused on one of the consequences of this delayed ironization could be that by that time a, a huge uh, you know kind of population in south india could have been aware of the negative consequences of the of the of the ironization processes as well so the and then you know uh, another thing is that a much more solid historical consolidation of culture and literature uh, etc had already happened in the in the larger tamilagam period and then even in 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 andhra pradesh or telangana you know the vast uh, you know uh, dakkan uh, uh, plateau and then related uh, uh, regions also has this history of a a a cultural uh, you know uh, uh, kind of uh, renaissance that actually predates aryanization i mean you know right if we can use that word in a in, a, in an anachronism <laughs> uh, but then uh, so that means that you know there could have been much uh, more resistance from the local populace against the process of aryanization and that was what actually triggered my interest in this particular uh, uh, you know question right. uh, i had an opportunity to look at what we call southern ballads in kerala the southern ballads are very unique i mean they are not actually referred to in any of the history textbooks or even you know uh, 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 major uh, historians uh, works in kerala they were sort of neglected and then i was curious why this whole body of literature i mean they, they are available in 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 print by the time we are actually exploring this uh, uh, you know this neeli kada punirutal kada purusha devi kada and 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 you know such uh, important texts that have been you know uh, kind of orally uh, uh, transferred to generation to generation and also printed uh, literature is available but there has been a total neglect of this 
i found that you know they were uniquely uh, uh, representative of two major trends one mm. is the harsh critique of caste system and particularly brahmanism in it second thing is that you know there is a there is an there is an overwhelming uh, presence of women you know if you compare with uh, uh, vadakan patigar for example the northern balads you have only this unniyarcha and a couple of other uh, uh, you know stories whereas on the other hand most of the uh, uh, southern balads are uh, uh, female centric their success their uh, you know uh, kind of struggles their emancipation their revenge uh, it is full of and then you know even the narrative is full of for example you can nowhere you can see the kind of uh, you know metaphorical uh, description of pregnancy the southern balads there is a you know long description of pregnancy or you know how what the woman go through during pregnancy and then this uh, you know midwife comes and you know helps to deliver the child when the child is born if it is a female child there is particular festivity in the house and things like that and this actually make the whole you know uh, 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 you know uh, text uh, a, a kind of different uh, entity when compared whatever is available in what we call mainstream uh, you know malayalam uh, uh, folklore thing in many multiple ways i mean you know for example uh, cursing brahmins which is absolutely unheard of in traditional kerala i mean you know until chandu menon's um, uh, indule has in been a, even a bad portrayal of a nambudiri character even if uh, that person is you know utmost evil you still will refuse to you know even even acknowledge that you know a brahmin could be evil you know mm-hmm. it's much before that there is there were you know kind of textual references to Uh, uh you know calling uh, uh, uh brahmins uh, as evil in, mm. in many uh, narratives of southern balads it's interesting that you mentioned the idea of how the late ionization is something that we don't look at enough and do you think that has that has something to do with the time frame at which these texts were written so like the 14th century is sort of the period it's about a, you know two, two or three centuries as we understand it after this ionization reached it's also an important time in the terms of language because these are texts in manipravalam so it's it's sort of that period of transition not they just they are not from... texts in manipravalam they are texts in uh, tamil malayalam so there are three kinds of uh, three kinds of ronas uh, uh, you know of right. malayalam is prominently i mean there are much more i mean you know dialects one is this uh, you know arabic malayalam which is actually hmm. more of arabic words and then you know it's written in malayalam but at the same time or in arabic but then you know it's arabic malayalam and then you have the sanskritized the malayalam of the mainstream sudra nambudiri uh, uh, you know caste I mean, which is actually our uh, uh, what we call the mother tongue today i mean you know the major yeah. nayar nambudiri dialect i mean you know that right. is accepted uh, you know which is a hegemonic dialect which sort of eliminated other dialects and this tamil yeah. malayalam, third one which was spoken you know kanasharamayana for example you can see as an example of this tamil malayalam so manipravalam in fact is a pre runner of this uh, nayar uh, sudra Uh, malayalam dialect it's what became mainstreamed as our yeah, understanding this is actually this was actually prior to that and also then marginalized by the uh, manipravala and then this in fact erdachan uh, also does the same thing erdachan's work is not manipravalam but then uh, he uses the same uh, kind of uh, 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 you know uh, kind of rationale i mean you know mixing malayalam and uh, uh uh sanskrit sanskrit in terms of the time frame it's quite interesting though because i as far as i understand the texts that you're looking at also come from sort of 14th century yes, that yes, period yes. right why is that period important and why is it that we see these texts come out at that specific 
period yeah i mean you're, you're absolutely right i mean you know uh, uh, three four centuries could have been you know uh, kind of uh, gone by the time we encounter these texts in uh, 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 you know in in, in, in kerala history for example tirunelveli mala is written somewhere in the 13th century and pachalur padigam is written somewhere in the in the 14th uh, uh, century but what is important is that you know even even uh, the southern ballads that i'm talking about as a Uh, a, 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 a quite a curious uh, you know uh, kind of uh, time frame from 12th century to 18th century uh, uh, so that you know most of these um, uh, uh, texts are actually response to this process of hierarchization and we don't know actually since there are no available oral or textual corroborative evidence for us to think about uh, the centuries prior to this period we start right. we actually do not know what what really happened before that i mean because there are no uh you know uh, evidence is available for us to discuss it that is why i tried to say that you know the moment of uh, birth of so called malayalam literature with tirunelveli had this particular aspect uh, uh, you know deeply connected to it that is it is it's a critic of uh, elite casteism i'm going to interrupt you for a second there because i i want to get specifically into these three texts itself because i'm sure most of our listeners yes. aren't aware of the of the stories yeah. that we've been talking about and um, now that we've set the context of why we need to look at it can you tell us very briefly about the three texts and then we can get into what it means for kerala modernity itself yeah. uh, you are talking about three different kinds of uh, texts uh, one is actually a, a, a proper malayalam poem you know which is tirunelveli mm-hmm. uh, you know written in the adi dravida uh, uh, kind of language and style uh, you know it's written by a person called govindan uh, and uh, the uh, caste identity of the person is not known only speculations are are possible it, it actually describes the Uh, a, a ritual carried out by malayarayas malayarayas is a tribal group uh, 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 you know and that is precisely why i think some malayaraya uh, uh, you know uh, um, community um, um, scholars uh, tend to think that uh, malayarayas belong to an upper caste and later they were you know kind of marginalized that tribal that's one kind of uh, school mm-hmm. of thought evident i mean uh, uh, partly in response to my writing also they have Uh, 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 sort of responded that you know maybe my kind of reading is not appropriate because you know if malayarayas could enter the temple and then do this ritual then that meant they were also part of the uh, uh, caste system but that's an unlikely scenario but at the same time as a hypothesis uh, we need to you know a uh, kind of respect yes. it completely uh, uh, you know uh, kind of negating that kind of a line of reasoning but there are more corroborative uh, 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 you know uh, a kind of reasons uh, to believe that malayarayas were not not allowed to enter the temple and then there was actually a a conflict between the elite uh, uh, groups and malayarayas which is again reflected in the kind of tension that we see within the text uh, 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 you know the, the way in which the streets are described the way in which the temple premises is described the way in which uh, you know caste equations are are described and then most of the upper castes are you know uh, 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 dealt with in a very sarcastic way uh, you know quite unheard of later in kerala Uh, uh, you know the for example the nayars are are said to you know a uh, kind of uh, run from they, they are supposed to be the the brave bold uh, warrior community but in which you know they are actually actually pictured as people who are covered even if they somebody shout at them they will run away with their soul uh, uh, you know and then warriors are actually uh, uh, shown as you know uh, all the warriors are looking dumb when the dambudris come and take away their wives okay. uh, so you know like this is the way in which describes upper caste groups and and, and in a society which is you know uh, kind of uh, 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 <clears throat> known for its caste rigidity etc 
So this has happened in within the text. So there is a kind of tension. And so ritual is also very important. The ritual is about uh, uh, redeeming the, the, the deity from the capital sins that the deity has committed. You know, like uh, killing Brahmins or whatever. I mean, mm. or killing many people in uh, in the wars or killing Asuras or whatever. I mean, there are there are some seven or uh, seven uh, uh, sins that is described in the in the uh, in, in the text, and uh, uh, the ritual is being carried out not for the malaria's welfare but for the welfare of the deity. <laughs> You know the, the kind of superiority they assume in this whole uh, negotiation in that is is very interesting. I mean, you know, yeah. that's actually, you we cannot actually see any parallel for this in any uh, uh, part of India. I mean, as far as I have come across, uh, and then you know it goes on to explain the rituals and things like that. From their own, mm. the first part is where the sarcasm, uh, you know, and the sarcastic comments on these communities come. Who is coming? Look at it. Oh, this warrior who was you know doing this, and then this Nair has been doing this. Nambudri was doing this. Mm. Uh, the other text that I'm talking about is Pachalur Padigam. Padigam is also in that sense a very uh, fabulous, uh, you know, uh, kind of anti-caste narrative. The story itself is very, uh, we don't know who actually uh, uh, wrote the poem, but uh, this, uh, this Padigam segments uh, uh, narrate a particular story. The story is that there was a Brahmin youth in the village who married a Paraya woman. They were in love. I mean, you, you can imagine. I mean, you know, like the uh, the narrative is when uh, the Brahmins attack the couple and their family, and then it is not the Brahmin youth who is actually talking to the Brahmin crowd, but the Paraya woman. Right. And the mm. kind of things that she asked them constitute the uh, major part of the text, and which is actually a very harsh critique of. Brahminism and uh, uh, a Vedic way of life that Brahmins follow. And the mm -hmm. third set of uh, texts that I'm talking about is the, the central Kerala folklore, which is called Changanur Adi poems. Adi is actually a, 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 a paraya hero uh, uh, who has been you know, opposing upper caste people uh, uh, in his own capacity. He acquired uh, the knowledge of, uh, of uh, Kalari and various other arts went uh, on a head on struggle with the upper caste elites. And one of the poems, for example, one of the songs, for example, narrate his encounter with Paliwam Koi, a major landlord. And, uh, you know, what happens is that a fight ensues. The first thing is that, you know, he is accusing Changanuradi for not observing Ajara before him. You know, he's not bowing to him. And then, you know, like he is not, ah, this is actually the most important space. How, you know, social space is imagined in a, in a context of uh, caste rigidity, you know that uh, the first time the publicness and visibility of the subaltern caste uh, uh, was brought into uh, a discussion by uh, uh, you know Mahatma Ayangali when he wrote the Viluvandi. His idea was this: it's important to have publicness and visibility. And the, so he was actually whether it is school or whether it is you know uh, any other you know like uh, representation in the in the assembly or uh, you know the right to walk through the public uh, uh, roads. His, his focus was always on the publicness of the, of the subalterns. Mm. He was not keenly interested in getting in, you know, uh, uh, this Sanjara Swadhandira, freedom of, uh, 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 you know, movement in uh, temple lands or temple roads. So that is where also this publicness and, and this particular, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, poem or, or song, which was uh, conceived, you know, 
centuries of uh, 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 you know before ayengali actually performed this uh, you know radical act uh, he is actually telling him this is actually a public road he says if you want you move i am not going to move this is public road and then you know the parivangoi gets upset i mean because this is the first time somebody is challenging uh, you know his caste uh, privileges and caste hegemony caste authority right. then parivangoi tells him that uh, you know like you have to take off your turban you can't actually wear a turban uh, 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 in front of me now immediately relate this to what uh, vaigunda swamigal did mm. one of the basic things that he asked his uh, 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 disciples to do was to do the turban uh, changanuradi is actually wearing the turban and he is refusing to remove it and then his logic is this in the poem you know in the, in the song he says i bought it with my own my own money <laughs> and why should i remove it when i see a person <laughs> and then this this word comes i mean this this unique word which became problematized in kerala during the sabrimal agitation aacharam he says the poem koi says that you are breaking the aacharam and then uh, then uh, chaganuradi says who bothers i mean who is concerned about your aacharam i am not bound by your aacharam what is aacharam is asking anyway and then there ensues a fight in that fight he defeats yeah. palu and then palu ko he begs you know i can give you bhuma i can give you women i can give you land i can give you money please don't kill me but the, then uh, uh, you know like you are a dirty mind i am i cannot accept anything from a dirty person like you chengaluradi uh, uh, says and you know eventually uh, uh, kills him kills him the the, the most, more interesting part is that this particular chengaluradi story has never ever appeared in any textbooks in kerala so this just challenge to authority is a distinctive uh, 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 you know mark of the kind of text that i am mentioning here mm. and that kerala or pachalur padigam or chenguradi songs these are all and, and and southern ballad for example has this particular element uh, uh, you know uh, uh, kind of ingrained in it that's fascinating and it's really interesting like you said that you know we don't get to hear enough about this um i, I i'm very curious about the language that they use in this text so like i was one, wondering before we get on to like larger context if you could quickly maybe like read yes, out yes. for us a couple of parts from either of these texts sure, sure, sure. um yes yes i i will give you some examples right for example in tirunelvel mala uyal tamil thalli unilladirikkum thevar uyalar is actually the temple trustees tamil thalli which is actually a very ordinary uyalar is also a, a, you know modern you know in in modern malayalam also we use the word uyalar for temples in north kerala and other places uyalar tamil thalli unilladirikkum thevar thevar means god unilladir means you know there is no food for the Uh, uh the deity because the uralas are uh, you know having some kind of uh, conspiratorial conflict between them and among them and things like that so it's it this is the kind of language so this is actually very close to uh, modern malayalam but not all and then another uh, thing ariyade pormidama kurayade nayarpadi you know about uh, nayas for example and then chengadam illannu tavattu pookirikkum thevar so this is actually you know kodiyayirikkunna thevanmar moonannu chadiye paranju thandanam keduvu thing is that uh, descriptions are actually taken from the metaphors are taken from uh, his own you know kind of social context right and uses a very uh, uh, you know mundane you know a language but in a very poetic way the words are not uh, alien to the community to which he is going to actually uh, uh, give the poem i mean you know like uh, for whom it is actually written so there is a purpose for the poem which is very well understood by the by the poet and then he says 
കായൽ ചേരും നയനം കൊണ്ട് കരളിടത്താതു വൈത്തു മയൻ ചേരും കുഴലായകർ നമ്മെ മതനമായി പുണർക്കൂ സോ ഇനോ ദർസ് എ ദർസ് എ ദ്രവീഡിയൻ തമിഴ് ഇനോ ടിഞ്ച് ബട്ട് അറ്റ് ദ സെയിം ടൈം ഇനോ ഇറ്റ്സ് നോട്ട് ആക്ച്വലി കംപ്ലീറ്റ്ലി എൽ ഇൻടു മോഡേൺ മലയാളം ആസ് വെൽ സോ മലയാളം ഹാഡ് ഡെവലപ്ഡ് അലോങ് ദീസ് ലൈൻസ് ദി സൻസ്ക്രിറ്റൈസ്ഡ് മലയാളം ഡയലക്ട് ഡിഡ് നോട്ട് ഹാവ് എമർത്ത് രാസ അവർ മദർ ടങ് this was actually uh, you know sideline and if you if you look at this uh, you know kind of pachalur padigam also you can see that there are similar uh, you know uh, kind of uh, 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 lines in it uh, she is actually shouting back to the brahmins uh, who came to criticize them to harm them actually not criticize actually i mean because uh, i think their house was burned and that, that's how the how the story goes and then she is taking on the the brahmins uh, for their uh, atrocities and then he says odiya noolum poiye odiya nool actually means the sacred thread konol ya is poiye it's 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 a you know it's it's a it's a kind of deception it's a farce you know it's a deception and then udilu yirdanum poiye i mean you know like uh, this our body and uh, the life in it is also in that sense a deception i mean you know uh, it, it doesn't have uh, any any eternity and mm. then പാതിയും എൻട്രേയാകും സകലമും വേറെതാമും സി വാട്ട് എവർ ഈസ് ആക്ച്വലി ക്യാൻ ബി ബേൺ ഇൻ എ പയർ കനോട്ട് ബി ഡിസ്റ്റിംഗ്വിഷ്ഡ് ബൈ ഇറ്റ് ഈസ് എ ലൈവ് വേദിയർ പടയ്ത്തല്ലാൽ വിധി തന്നെ വെല്ലലാമോ യു ആക്ച്വലി റിസൈറ്റ് ദ വേദാസ് ഡു യു തിങ്ക് ദറ്റ് ഫെയ്ത്ത് ക്യാൻ ബി ട്രാൻസ്ഗ്രസ് ബൈ ഇനോ റിസൈറ്റിംഗ് വേദാസ് ഇറ്റ്സ് നോട്ട് പോസിബിൾ ആൻഡ് ദെൻ പാതിയിൽ പഴിയെ ചൂഴും പച്ചലൂർ കിരാമത്താരെ സോ ദി പച്ചലൂർ Uh, you know elite you tell me if this is actually the uh, uh, the thing and then uh, it continues to say urakkamo unarvo kalla ullam ullamo puramo jeevan irappadu munno pinno karappadu mulayo paalo kaanpadu manamo kanno parappadu irago kaalo pachanur gramathkari it's it's a philosophy that actually runs counter to the vedic uh, 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 kind of reasoning I and mean, that is where it you know it, it's challenging uh, uh, what they are trying to say and then in another place very f- frontal uh, you know uh, uh, kind of attack on 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 the urula paapar gudi ushandador chaalai kooti neerile mulgi vandu nerupile neyye vittu kaarvaye tavalai pole kudariya ungal vedam paarai vittu agandeno pachalur kiramakkare idu you can't even imagine that somebody from a, a subaltern community could utter this this words if i tell you the meaning you realize the 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 kind of uh, offensive nature of the affront you know the the way in which they would have felt it the brahmins would have felt it it says urula parpar gudi you know some brahmins come together ushandadol chaalai ketti they make a tent neerile mulgi vandu they take bath and come neripile neyye vittu they burn the you know a fire and into it and the next line karvai tavalai pole kudariya ungal vedam and then you shout like uh, the, the the frogs during shout during the rain shout like frogs you know like these mantras it's like uh, the shouting of the frog there absolutely no meaning other than that this is the this is the kind of uh, 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 poetry that uh, we can see in these texts do you think that there is a thread that you sort of argued starts with these texts in like the pre you know early yes. modern uh, 20th century um, india uh, kerala do you think it connects with acts like ottandullal which we see coming up in the 18th century which are also in some sense a form of cultural um, 
production that challenges hegemony or authority you know, although it does more power arguably than caste um, yeah, be... uh, in fact i have written about it in another context when i was writing about the poetry of m govindan mm. m govindan has actually written a, a, a narrative poem on kunjan nambiar mm. where he emphasizes kunjan nambiar's uh, you know kind of uh, paraya connections why why are we uh, you know talking always about otan tullal because it is caste neutral whereas the other two uh, sidangan is pulaya and uh, uh, the parayam tullal is paraya you marginalize even that i mean sidangan tullal mm-hmm. and then you actually call the whole uh, you know thing as otan tullal i mean you, know, you you think that it is the same honor no it's not there are three varieties of tullal and so you know make kujjanambiar makes constant references to uh you know paraya community their knowledge uh, you know and, and things like that so in this particular poem uh, about uh, arangetram i think uh, you know by uh, m govindan on kujjan nambiar he actually his mother asked him you know like you are coming back after you know kind of mingling with all the parayas i mean then he says yes i got all knowledge from them so the mm-hmm. even nambiar you know is uh, a, a, a person who is initiated uh, within the uh, paraya knowledge you know or or the paraya epistem you know if you if i could uh, you know take the uh, freedom to say so you know he, he actually belongs to that paraya epistem uh, mm. uh, in 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 kerala history that is one thing that is one kind of connection that we can actually uh, you know draw now let us take about let, let us think about vaigunda uh, swamigal who has been the guru's guru of trinayanaguru he was the one who first uh, you know as i said consecrated the mirror he was the one who started samatva samajam can you can you the, the 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 organization's name in uh, you know in 18th century that he you know starts or early 19th century he samatva samajam you know social socialist society uh, uh, you know in 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 remote uh, you know uh, uh, corner of, uh, of of what we now call india uh, uh, you know and then and finally he was actually aware of both colonialism and the evils of colonialism and evils of uh, the native uh, landlordship that is actually when he was imprisoned by swadhi tirunal you know uh, uh, for saying what for calling swadhi tirunal neejan evil the anandapuri le neejan means the neejan the evil of trivandrum who oh, mm-hmm. the king of trivandrum mm-hmm. and then he actually assumed his name was muttukutti but he assumed the name vaigunda swami he was a shaivite so right. why do you as a saivite he assumes the vaishnavite name because tripaditanam martandorma had given all the land uh, you know uh, to padmanabha and then he is actually ruling as a representative of padmanabha of yeah so, he padmanabha uh, to counter the uh, uh, king and mm. then another thing is that you know he always said orukulam oru devam you know oru jaadi not sridharana guru who first said kabilar had already said this in tamil nadu and then vaikunta swamigal actually Uh, uh, used it and he, he propagated it. He taught it to his disciples, like Sir Tabi Swami Gala and Sri Narayana Guru. And then, when he calls Swadhi Tirunal Anandapuri Le Nijan, what did he call the British president? When Nijan, the white evil. When Nijan, you know. So he was actually imprisoned for calling the resident Nijan and the king, uh, you know, when Nijan and the king uh, uh, local Nijan. So he was, was also a- anti-colonial in some sense. He's uh, very. colonial and the nandi landlord uh, you know uh, uh, in, in in his politics this actually comes from this whole context of uh, a tradition of southern kerala where there has been a resistance to arianization right right so you know like you mentioned there has been this thread but something obviously 
causes a lot of these to become a more organized movement in the 19th century, whether or not we deny it, right? 19th, 20th centuries. We see that, in the, especially in the late 19th, early 20th centuries, that they take a more cohesive form. We see during the period that in Travancore, the Iravas start organizing themselves when they realize that the Tia community in Malabar is going to, do, you know, is, is starting to do this. So there is a certain understanding of an imagined community that is based on caste, also based on this idea of Malayalam or Kerala that emerges during this period. Is is that what changes? Is that why this gets main, mainstreamed or forefronted and when we understand Kerala modernity today? Yeah, actually, it's a very pertinent question, but actually, uh, also, it is very complicated because we need another podcast to discuss this. Sure, of course. <laughs> the vast, you know, uh, kind of thing we, we need to uh, uh, draw on a variety of uh, uh, sources to explain this particular thing. But I will try to quickly explain this. The first, of course, is actually the 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 crevices that has that was created by colonial intervention in the power structure in in the society. I mean, you know, uh, the the Nair uh, Nambudri uh, landlordism actually got. A, a, a setback during the period. I mean, that explains why, for example, Chandumenon can actually, uh, 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 you know, kind of create a character like Surya Nambudri. Mm. Otherwise, it would have been blasphemy otherwise. I mean, you know, right. like, create a character like Surya Nambudri and then, you know, like he balanced it with Kedam and all, all other kinds of good Nambudris, bad Nambudri. But this good Nambudri, bad Nambudri never existed. There was only good Nambudri. Whether, you know, it's evil or good was never a matter of concern for anybody else. Mm. Uh, you know, it could have mattered for Nambudris as a community among themselves, but not beyond that. But this new the thing is facilitated by what, uh, you know, and then another thing is that, you know, uh, it is not just a, uh, a random statement by Srinarana Guru that Sanyasa was given to us by Britishers. He doesn't mean that, you know, that Sanyasa Diksha was given by the British, but the, but the context, social context created by British colonialism. It's not an independent statement. There is something that is followed, which is again, you know, kind of ignored in our day-to-day discourses. He said that otherwise, think about what happened to Shambhuga, who was a Shudra saint, was killed by Rama for, uh, you know, doing something that only Brahmins were supposed to do. So he knows that, you know, like I'm doing something that I am supposed to do from the traditional, uh, uh, you know, Chaturvarnya system uh, perspective. But then I'm doing it because I am empowered to do it due to the changes in the social and uh, cultural and economic circumstances. Colonialism is important for us to understand these changes. I'm not denying the significance of colonialism in the whole uh, uh, confluence of events. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like the region as such, I mean, Southern Kerala as such had a longer tradition of uh, 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 anti-caste kind of movements or anti-caste narratives and uh, anti-caste expressions. Uh, 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 and this has got manifested in the local literature of the region. You know, modernity has to be understood not only from a colonial, uh, uh, you know, a kind of uh, uh, or, or, a, or a decolonizing perspective. Decolonization is also uh, possible drawing from our own, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 kind of traditions, which hacks uh, back to 13th or, or 12th or 14th uh, centuries. So parallel to Manipravalam, parallel to Brahminization, parallel to Aryanization, there was also a very strong presence of anti-Aryanization processes, anti-Brahminic, uh, you know, uh, 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 kind of ideology and ideas strongly, uh, you know, rooted within the social uh, uh, culture of the region. So the space, in that sense, is not something that an empty space that is occupied by colonial, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, 
uh, it changes but it is a space that interacted uh, 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 you know the 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 colonial uh, the possibilities opened by colonialism mm. in a more uh, vigorous manner than other parts of india for example yeah the dravidian movement in tamil nadu precisely because of this because there was this uh, you know dravidian uh, uh, revolt against brahmanism uh, uh, which actually dates back to colonial intervention in tamil nadu also this is something that we don't see in other parts of India. Thank you so much. Like I mentioned, one of the things we're trying to do in this series of podcasts is exactly this. So I think it's fitting that we start this conversation around questions of literature, tracing it back all the way to the 14th, 15th centuries in the texts. Um, but I, I think you would agree with me that this mainstreaming has happened as much in other aspects of Malayali culture and Kerala, not just in literature. So hopefully over the next episodes, uh, we'll be having conversations with other uh, scholars from from different areas, um, practitioners, scholars hopefully filmmakers and and we'll try to unravel some of these questions about how this idea of mainstreaming one kind of modernity has influenced um you know aspects of of malayali culture that we don't think they would have so thank you so much for taking the time um and enlightening uh, us on these aspects. yeah thank you for inviting me for this uh, you know wonderful initiative congratulations and all the best for your future conversations thank, thank you. you thank you very much thank you This podcast is brought to you by Allah. You can check out more of our work on our website allahblog.in. In this season of our podcast, we are specifically looking at questions of Kerala modernity. Please follow us so you can be notified of our next episode. Thank you so much for listening.